My name is Rachel Del Judas, and you are listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Forge Leadership Network mentors, trains, and connects young conservatives ages 18 to 25, equipping them to lead in politics, culture, and business. For more information or to get involved, visit forgeleadership.org. Making choices really starts with knowing who you are. And when you know who you are in Christ, it sets the stage for everything wonderful to happen. So, yeah, so I, I think to give a little bit of story about my own self, my, um, uh, I am from Florence, Kentucky. That's about 10 minutes outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. My mother is an amazing, godly woman. She would be the big mama of the neighborhood. She was half my friend's father figure. Unfortunately, my dad, it's a crazy story, but my, my dad had nine kids from four different women. He had a, a high school sweetheart that had a daughter, and he had in college, he got his college sweetheart pregnant. And he thought, gosh, I don't want to be that guy. I'm, I'm a good dude. He was not saved. And he said, so I'm going to marry this woman. And they went on and had three, two more sons, so he gave him three boys. And my dad actually w- went on and finished his degree at the University of Dayton and was into chemistry and ended up working at a chemistry company or a chemical company. And he drove home and he was driving out from Dayton to Cincinnati where his company was. And as he got there, the company had somebody had blown something up and he turned around and drove back home and found that woman and uh, his wife in bed with another man. So they it led to divorce. My dad three years later, runs into my mom. And I asked my mom, I said, what did you see in my dad? You know, because my mom is just this really golly woman. I mean, she's, she's Southern, Southern saved, you know, but she goes in. And my dad was not. And she said, I'm going to write a book about this. I've actually written two books before and, and I've got a couple of them in my heart. And, but I'm going to write a book about this one day. She said something I'll never forget. She said, well, your dad had Christian game. I said, oh, Christian game. And what it is, is, is here she thought he had, had had some sin in his life, had had this conviction stance that he was going to go for Jesus and live that way the rest of his life. And that wasn't the case. In reality, it was a man who was got his tail whipped by the world. And instead of making a, a shift or true repentance, believing different about who he is and who God is and what he's called to be, he actually just kind of was humbled. And sometimes when you're humbled, it doesn't mean you actually make a shift in what you believe in. And my mom fell for that, which is called Christian game. And they ended up marrying and they had an older, a son, my older brother, Duran, who went to the University of Notre Dame on an academic scholarship, played in their Martian band, and they still play some of his cadences at Notre Dame. So it's really cool to have that as an older brother. And then they had the youngest and best looking son. I mean, you know, everybody's got their own roles, you know, play yours, I'll play mine, you know, but that's the role I had. So that was, so I'm actually child number seven, a couple a decade later, my dad has some more kids, but my dad and my mom's relationship really has some things that created some childhood wounds, but it also created some really good things uh, in me where I saw my mom be one that's going to give. She was always one that was going to give. I've seen her give her last $200 and even our lights going out at the, in our apartment complex that we grew up, we lived in a two bedroom apartment. And so I always thought to myself, I'm going to be a giver. My mom used to always laugh. She'd say, Sean, I always see if you got $10, your boys are going to eat a little Caesars. I know you're going to get enough pizza for everybody. God better give you a lot of money. And and I used to laugh because that's my heart. My heart is if I've got it, I'm going to help those around me be able to get it. Not falling in being a place of, of naivety. I'm going to be one that's going to give with my heart to give everybody the best that I got all the time. And I got that from my mom. Well, 
going on uh, growing up, I was one of those kids that had just really some awesome gifts from God. I got saved at a young age. I fully believe that Jesus was and is the Lord and Savior of the world. And, uh, and I trusted everything that I was going through was all part of the plan. And I always speak about choices and freedom and liberty. True dominion has to have a choice. True, true love has to have choice. You don't have dominion unless you have a choice of good or bad. And I explain to people all the time about when folks ask the question, well, why, why did God even make the tree of good and of knowledge of good and evil? Why did Eve have to make that? Why did, I'm like, look, God wanted a, a race that would truly love him for their own self. They could truly choose. And if you don't have choice of right or wrong, life or death, blessings or curses, then you don't have love and you don't make a choice. God gave us dominion to do that. And so one of the reasons I like talking to young people and to y'all's group is because you guys are people on the brink of just great decisions being made. You guys could choose to come together. You could choose to honor God with your life. You could choose who you're marrying. You could choose um, how you're going to handle marriage, how you're going to handle child raising. You're at the point of so many decisions that really could cause ripple effects for generations to come. And I know I, I told John this, you know, all the time, but I was always one of the youngest people in the room, every meeting I went into, you know. So when I was, when I was at Alabama, I got asked, you know, I was a sophomore. This guy named Franklin came and spoke, and he was talking about his dad and his ministry. And I got off the stage and just talked about loving Jesus and being obedient. And he says, hey, young man, you need to meet my dad and come speak with him. And so... The next two years, I graduated from Alabama, and that season ended, and I was on stage with 60,000 people speaking for Billy Graham. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where am I? And I was telling the same message. I'm going to love people hard, and I'm going to go hard for Jesus, but I'm going to allow people to have freedom to make choices and be who God's called them to be. And it's a powerful thing, and you don't have to force it on anybody. You don't have to manipulate anything. God's word is so powerful. If you just walk in it, it changes lives. So a couple of things that I learned through my years at Alabama was what true discipling is and what true mentorship is. In a matter of seconds, being at Alabama, I learned how to study the Bible. I learned how to give my life and have real friendships and, uh, and be a true brother to other people, raising them up to be great men of God also. And I did a little stint with some FCA camps. And by the time I got to the pros, I was taking 10 kids a year, uh, or actually 50 kids from 10 different states to FCA camps to teach them the process of mentoring and showing them, hey, you actually can disciple somebody for a week. And the whole goal is really to disciple somebody locally and be in their face and be in their grill for a good season. And the difference between discipling and mentoring is really mentoring is you're not face-to-face. You're just kind of teaching or coaching. But discipling, you get in their grill. So that was one of the cool things I got to do with being with John was so we had two and some change years where we were always together and got to watch him and Missy grow as a young couple. It's, it's just fun. It's fun actually pulling family together because when Jesus says, who is my, my mother, my, my, my brother, my sister, those who do the will of God, we all have wonderful opportunities to go teach that, to go teach the older people how to be great examples. You know, I know Timothy told, or Paul told Timothy, don't let somebody talk down to you because you're young, but be the one that sets the example. 
And so there's been many rooms that I've walked into where I got to go set the stage. And it's still it's still there. One of the uh, organizations I work for now, I'm a consultant for. I'm the uh, sports ambassador of their group. It, it's kind of funny because here you have 60, 70-year-old, some of the biggest businessmen and women and philanthropic leaders in the world, especially in our country. And I'm challenging them on their faith and asking them, well, okay, what are you going to do with $100 million? You know, at the end of the day, we're all going to die. You know, what are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do with your talents? What are you going to do with your treasures? Are you going to really use it for the kingdom? Or do you think that your best efforts really move the needle? Does it move the needle for generations? It's a wonderful thing and a wonderful position I have because I always feel like the best thing we can do is challenge upward and pouring downward. And so I get to go challenge people in both directions. And I remember one of the greatest things that I could do and get is be challenged, is, is to pour into people that, uh, that are younger or even immature in their faith compared to where I am. And that journey has been wonderful. I, as my time in from my high school, I went to Boone County High School. It's in, it is named after Daniel Boone. Don't judge me. <laughs> but I did go to Boone County High School. And, uh, and I went from there to the University of Alabama. And it was just a wonderful experience. I went to Seattle and played with the Seahawks. And, you know, anybody that loves little sports, just little history. They were 25 years and only had three, three winning seasons when I got there. And in my eight years there, we went to the playoffs five years in a row, uh, winning Division Four of them, being in the first Super Bowl for them. And it was just funny to change that organization around. And it was a great honor to be a part of changing their culture. Some people have said that about me. I'm a culture changer. And that's my challenge is that with, with, what do the people say about you all? Are you culture changers? We, we bring in some great free agents. They would come in from other teams. And they'd say, man. It's so like peaceful in y'all's locker room. I mean, like you see Bibles laid out, you see people talking about Jesus, people talking about marriage, just unashamed. You know, you have unsafe people, people are atheists, just no conservativeness at all. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you know? And we would just have like the realest raw dog conversations just about life. And, you know, I'm not trying to challenge or I'm not trying to make you believe anything but I can lovingly tell you where I stand and actually let you see fruit of that. And uh, it would always be amazing, the conversations and where people's hearts would go. And so here I played uh, all the way till, uh, from 22 to 32, and I'm 42 now. And if I told you all once, I could tell you 50 times how many guys would call me. Uh, essay, you won't believe, man, I'm saved. Or essay, man, remember that girl you told me I should marry? I married her. I'm faithful. I put down the drugs or the drinking. What did I really do? I just really shared Jesus with them. And I just told them I was going to love them till the end. And I was also going to let them have the freedom to choose and actually look them dead in the eye and say, hey, you're better than that. And actually, the truth is, is God's called you to something greater. But you get to choose that. I'm going to be here no matter what. And those Healthy challenges, but big cushy hugs is what society really needs. And it's, it's been awesome. And so, so one thing I am really um, the most excited and proud of when it came to sports was that when people look back, my locker room in Seattle, and once again, looked just like my locker room in Alabama, which looked just like my locker room in high school. The only difference is the older I got, the more mature I got in how to love and the more bolder I got in how to be bold. And all of them turned into winning programs. I mean, Alabama was already winning. 
but it was a they were in a tough situation when I got there, and we we just kept on winning, and uh, it was really really sweet. Thank you for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. If you like the show, please drop a review in your podcast app and be sure to subscribe for all of our latest episodes. You can follow Forge Leadership Network at Forge Leadership on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about Forge programming, please visit forgeleadership.org.